And I think we left off with verse 26. Verse 27, And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, that is, the lilies cover the grass, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. And the words there are insufficient faith. It's a deficiency. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what you shall wear. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. He'll mention all these things again. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Okay, so as we look at this, we have to realize that all of God's creation, in all of creation, God has prepared a way for the birds of the airs, the, the fields, the animals to, to eat, to be clothed with hair, whatever it may be. So the issue here is the ability to trust God and to put God first. That's the issue. The issue throughout this is to put God first, and we notice here the kingdom. And Jesus says this, and, and by the way, I'm not going to be telling you anything that you don't already know today. So please don't get up and leave. But, but seek first the kingdom of God. The word seek is zeto, which means to try to obtain something. It's an imperative in the Greek language. It is also one in which it is done continually. So it's something, when we seek something, it's something that we are to seek to get. In, in, in fact, it means to obtain something or to attempt to obtain something. Uh, share a personal story here. This was me back in 2006. I can't believe it's been that long. But this was graduation day, and I was receiving my doctorate in preaching. But what, this is the end result. This doesn't talk about the years that went before it. In 2011, when I had to pass Greek and Hebrew. And then I started the classes in 2012. And there were all kinds of classes, preaching classes, uh, analysis classes, all of these things that go through. And I had to stay with it. There were evenings that I was up till 2 o'clock in the morning writing papers for a professor. Uh, sometimes going on very little sleep because I was still writing sermons, still doing things here at the church. So I, I was, I, if you didn't want to do it, it would have been easy to bow out. In fact, I was the only one that graduated that day with a doctorate. I'm not saying that to, to go look at me. I'm just saying that this word here, seek, refers to something where you do it with all of your intensity. You do not quit. You do not stop seeking what Jesus is getting ready to say. So it takes effort. 
It takes effort. It will also take effort in our spiritual life to put this first. Now you notice he says, but seek first. Protos. This word simply means first in a series. So you're seeking something with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and it is first above all. This is where we get into trouble as believers. We somehow tend to lose that passion for Christ. And so other things begin to filter in in the number one position. It may be my job first, this first, this first. And God somewhere gets lost in the shuffle. Jesus is telling us here that we need to reorganize and reprioritize our lives to seek first. Ah, and then we get to what he wants us to seek first. This is, this is so vital. And maybe recommit your life today to putting the kingdom of God first. Now, he says here, kingdom, basileia, that is a term for a dominion of a king who is reigning. Now, I want you to think about the kingdom of God just for a minute. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Which, by the way, if you remember, it also refers to us living out that hallowedness to belief. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen to me. The kingdom of God is a dual thing. It is first and foremost resides in heaven, but it is lived out here on, among the people of God here in this world. So when Jesus says, seek first the kingdom, and by the way, God is added by translators. It is not in the original language, even though we know the word God is theos, which means supreme ruler of the universe, because he is the creator. So it would read naturally like this in the original language. But seek first the kingdom. It's understood that it is, it is the kingdom of God. The translators added that in there. And I'm not saying the Bible's missing stuff. I'm just simply telling you what the original language is. So seeking first the kingdom of God involves looking forward. It is a forward look. It is that day that Jesus Christ will step out of the clouds and he will gather us, those of us who are alive, First and Second Thessalonians, and we will be called up together with him. It is a forward look. We are looking forward to the kingdom of God someday, and you can bet on this, Jesus Christ will reign as Lord and Savior. You realize that. So it is a forward look. But it is also working for the kingdom now. The kingdom of God comes into our hearts. Jesus said, the kingdom is within you. Where does that come from? That comes from the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. In one sense, we are looking forward to the kingdom coming. But in another sense, the kingdom is already here in our hearts. The kingdom of God, Jesus will say, is within you. It is also, believe it or not, establishing the kingdom here on the earth. You say, well, this is Satan's realm. Yes, it is. 
But that does not remove us from the responsibility of seeking to win those who are lost. In fact, the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's our mission. So kingdom is looking forward. Kingdom is already established. And kingdom makes the effort to win others to Christ. So it's natural, Jesus would say, you know, clothing and food and water, it's not a priority. It may be a priority to sustain life over time, but the issue here is God is going to provide that. So something needs to go above this so we don't have to worry about that stuff. And so we have to put God first. Robert Utley is correct here. The phrase kingdom of God was a concept of God's current reign in men's hearts. Totally agree with that. That will one day be consummated all over the earth. And by the way, it was the central focus of Jesus' preaching, the kingdom of God. The issue here for us today is seeking first the kingdom of God is simply an acknowledgement. It's simply an acknowledgement. that we have kingdom work to do here. And all other things are come underneath the first priority. But seek first the kingdom of God. Secondly, he talks here about righteousness. So putting God first, that's number one. It should be number one. Maybe go home and reevaluate things. Say, you know what, I need, to put, I need to start putting God first. And you'll notice here there's a conjunction and. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom will also involve a pursuit of righteousness. Seeking first, meaning you give it your whole effort to put God first, his kingdom, and also put every effort into seeking his righteousness. I want you to think about this just for a minute. If you are so focused on doing the kingdom of God, and you are so focused on the righteousness of God, how much time do you have to worry about other things? Very little. So Jesus says here, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Dekinosiene. Dekinosiene. This is a simple one. It really is. You ready for this? It means doing what God requires. It means doing what God requires. Do you guys and gals, wow, quite a few of you here today. Great. Glad to see you. Do you know what God requires of you? Well, Every time I, I hear this word, dikaiosiene, which is the righteousness, I always think of Moses. This is a, a beautiful picture of, of Mount Sinai. So I don't know why it is, and every time I hear the word Old Testament, I go to Moses. It's my default. <laughs> Maybe that's just my issue. I don't know, but. But in Micah, we read this. Has he not told you, O man, which is a designation for the nation of Israel? What is good and what does the Lord require of you? What does God require? Righteousness. 
but to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. And, and if you want to make this very simple, all three of these encompass this idea of righteousness, doing what God requires. To do justice means to treat others fairly. Simply. You, you don't handpick and choose. You just treat people generally fairly. You don't shortchange them. You don't underhand them. You just treat them fairly. The second one is to love kindness. It is so much easier just to say kind words than it is a harsh word. And then lastly, this is an interesting one, walk humbly with God. That means, in a, in a sense, in the Hebrew, it means uh, to walk carefully with God. To not get puffed up and proud. Craig Bloomberg writes this. When priorities regarding treasure in heaven on, and on earth are right, God will provide the, for the fundamental human needs. Seeking first the righteousness of the kingdom implies obedience to the commands of Christ. Do you want to know what righteousness is, what God requires of you? Brothers and sisters, it's right here. Every one of you in this room and maybe watching by uh, Facebook and our website and telephones, we have it all set up. You know what God requires of you. The vast majority of you do. Is it right to steal? No. Is it right to kill? No. Is it right to slander? No. Is it right to cheat? No. We know all these things. You know what God requires of you. So Jesus said, what I want you to do is to do it. I want you to live it out daily in your life. Do what God requires of you. And righteousness is something, it's not, it, it's, it's not an addendum here. This and, it is with all of your heart, seek the kingdom, the future kingdom when we see him face to face, the present kingdom. How can I serve God in the present kingdom? Also, how can I witness to others? And then at the same time I am pursuing the kingdom of God, I am also going to pursue a right way of living for him in this world. Now, to me, to me, that suggests that somebody that does that is actually putting God first. And if I were to pull that person and ask them a question, do you worry about this, 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 and then, no, I'm too busy, I got my focus. So Jesus, having said the birds of the air, they were already looking up. They might have looked at the fields and seen the lilies. Here's the thing. You know this, and I've preached it for almost 13 years here at this church. We, as a body of Christ, should be about doing good works. We don't work to keep our salvation. We work because of our salvation. And in, and in fact, Ephesians 2.10 says this, 
We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Of course he did. God didn't call us to get saved just to sit. And Jesus realizes the kingdom, a, a disciple will focus forward on the kingdom, inward on the kingdom, and outward on the kingdom at the same time trying to live in a way that it's in accordance with God. And that doesn't mean... Please let, understand this. That doesn't mean legalistically. I, 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 I remember a funny story back when the VA had me on my weight loss program. Um, and I was talking to my, uh, my counselor uh, who was helping me through the process. And I said, you know, I can just sit and look at a plate of food and tell how many calories are on that plate. And she said, you've got to be careful not to do that. And I said, why? Because she said, you don't want to be the food ogre. Where you're judging everybody else's food. You're going to eat that? That's 1,500 calories. It's not living legalistically. Listen, we need to give each other wiggle room. We need to give each other wiggle room. But the fact is, living a righteous life means that we come in, we come in relationship with God so that we live for him in such a way as to bring honor to God and to draw men to Christ. That's the key to righteousness. I've seen them all. I've seen the legalist. And I've seen the liberals. And usually what happens in both cases is neither can live up to their own standards. At some point, they usually fall or falter. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is an interesting phrase, and when I studied it, I, I spent some time with it, and it's interesting. And all these things will be added to you. Now, the immediate question is, what is all things? Is it in apposition to the whole, or is it in apposition to what we just talked about? That's the issue. The normal, the normal translation, or at least scholars view this, it refers to the food and the water and the clothing that Jesus has been talking about. Somehow, when I study scripture, sometimes, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, this is right on. Yeah, I get this. I get this. And then I go, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is in apposition to what was just said. Yes, it does mean food, water, clothing. Because the Gentiles seek, about, seek those things in verse 30. But Jesus just said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added to you. Let me, let me propose a different way of looking at this, at this little phrase. Is it possible that as one seeks the kingdom of God and desires righteousness, that God will cause his or her faith to grow to keep us from worrying. You want the kingdom? God will give you the kingdom. You want his righteousness? God will give you that righteousness and reveal how unrighteous we are in our lives as we seek to live righteously. 
Peter, add to your faith this, 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 kindness, love. Uh, all these things are added. I think what Jesus is saying is as you seek the kingdom, you're not going to worry about the food, the water, the clothing. That's kind, of a, that's kind of an issue over here. You know what? I trust God with that. If I can't trust God with that, what the heck am I doing living the Christian life? If the God that created the world, the universe, and the stars, and created mankind, and created us, and created everything that creeped upon the earth, if I can't trust him to take care of that, how can I trust him to take care of eternal things? So I'm not going to worry about food, clothing, and shelter, and all that stuff, because God's got that. What I need to do as a believer is focus on on the kingdom and the righteousness. And as I'm focusing on that, Jesus and the Holy Spirit begins adding the kingdom and the righteousness, and we become more and more like Christ. To me, that's the issue. I'm not saying the scholars are wrong. I disagreed with every one of them. Because I, I don't know why they glossed over it. They just lumped it all in that first category food clothes but it's right here he could have put that anywhere but he put it right here Jesus did and in the next verse by the way the next verse we're going to look at he says therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow you see this you see what Jesus is saying here's your focus here's your focus and as you focus on the kingdom, I'm going to reveal more and more of the kingdom to you. And the, the kingdom's going to become alive and real in your hearts and your lives. And as you seek to live me, live for me, I am going, and we get the imputed righteousness at the time of salvation, I get that, but we're also to advance in that righteousness to become more godly. Uh, I... I'm shocked at some of the early movies I used to watch as a young believer to watch them later down the road and go, <clears throat> I watched that because I was young in the faith. But I've grown over time. So when we're doing that, of course God's going to reveal more of himself to us. This over here, cars, I'm not going to worry too much about that. I've, I've got my own issue here. And then Jesus says, as you do that, you will, and, and, and by the way, prostestomy is the word uh, added, which means he will provide some things to you. And I think those things are the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then, secondly, while we're seeking to put God first in our lives, we live for today and live for today therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow oh that's so easy to do right <laughs> that is so easy to do it's very simple marino is the word anxious which means to worry about something in a future tense you notice most worry is about what's going to happen next. Have you noticed that? I get it. I've done it too. Boy, next week I got this coming up. And what happens is I'm focusing on next week. Or this is a big deal coming up and I'm focused on it. 
And what happens is I get anxious about tomorrow's problems. Jesus says, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. We are so consumed about tomorrow. And I'm not saying we shouldn't plan for tomorrow. But Jesus is saying, look, you're, you're focusing your life on, on the kingdom. You're focusing your life on, on his righteousness. God is growing you in the faith. There may be issues coming up down the road, but you know what? Tomorrow we'll be here 24 hours from now. I want you to write this quote down because I think it's excellent. Don't know who wrote it, but I found it, and I think it's excellent. I'm going to leave it up here for a minute so you can write it down because I think it is genius. Here is that quote. Worrying does not take away tomorrow's trouble. It takes away today's peace. Worrying about tomorrow only takes away today's peace. If we get focused on tomorrow, we miss today. If we get so consumed that our kids come up, daddy, mommy, mommy, daddy, we miss that. Because we're so busy thinking about tomorrow, and tomorrow's got its own problems. So you have to live for today. You have to live in the moment, right now. It doesn't mean that you don't plan for your retirement. We've talked about that already. It, it, it doesn't mean that I realize you have things coming up that are big, that are important, maybe a job interview, but you cannot get carried away with it and let that dominate today. Live for today. Jesus said it. I'm not saying this. This is, this is great. I get to preach out of this Bible every Sunday. I don't have to come up with the stuff. Jesus came up with it for me. I just get to expand on it. That's what preaching is. Charisma. It means to expand on the word of God. To expound the word of God. But brothers and sisters, you can get so busy living for tomorrow that you forget to live for today. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying. I love that. Don't you all love that? I love that. Worry does not take away tomorrow's trouble. It robs you of peace today. And that is absolutely true. And I scoured the internet to try to find out who found it. If, if, if you can find that quote, let me know who wrote it and I'll give them credit. But I couldn't find it. It was just there. That, that struck me. Usually I have anywhere from... 40 to 45 slides and then as I get ready to sit down and actually write the sermon some just go away and then some stick I got to have a resource there and when I saw that I go man that fits perfectly right here ah the beach I know probably all of us at one time or another have been to the beach I grew up on the beach in Florida we had Playa Linda Beach right there one thing I remember, and, and even when I had that hard duty over in Hawaii for three years, uh, very rough duty, they forced me. Actually, I re-enlisted for Hawaii. 
my friend was an NC uh, reenlistment guy and he says where do you want to go and I said can you get me Hawaii he goes Sergeant Fraser it's done the only problem about going to Hawaii I didn't realize how many times I was going to go to Korea drawback I remember one time on the beach I think it was a Friday I'm sure it was a Friday because I go to church on Sunday but uh, three of us three guys all Christians we went out on the beach it was the North Shore North Shore beautiful beautiful area and we were on the beach and we had our tents as if we don't get enough camping already sitting on that beach and just listening to the waves coming in and the seagulls and the sun it's just a calming presence it's God's lullaby I, I really think we need to get a hold of the peace of God today take time breathe relax 2 Thessalonians 3.16, May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you. This was to a congregation that was worried about where their loved ones were spending eternity. And so Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica, May the peace of God be with you at all times. You know, I think one thing of this sermon, what I want, and those that are listening, uh, I want you to have peace today. That's, that's what I want in this sermon. I want you to have peace today. And those things that are like mosquitoes going around you that are tomorrow, spray it. And say, you know what? Pastor Mike's right. Jesus is right. He's a lot righter than I am. Uh, then I need to start living for today. And just say, you know what? Today I'm going to focus on the kingdom. I'm going to focus on this. Usually when I get up in the morning, I write five or six things on one of those little sticky notes. This, this is what I want to do today. And I focus on today. It doesn't mean I don't plan for the future, but it doesn't mean that I don't let the future engulf today. So live for today. Oh, and by the way, you're not thinking about tomorrow. Today, Martin Luther said there's two days. I love it. Martin Luther, great Reformed theologian. There are two days, today and that day. I love that. Today and that day, the culmination of the kingdom in our hearts when we see Christ face to face. Notice what Jesus writes here. Sufficient. Sufficient. For the day is its own trouble. Sufficient. Arikos. Which means adequate for today. Adequate for today. In other words, 
worry about today. Think about today. Then he mentions kakia. I love that Greek word, kakia. Of course, I get a little goofy when I'm studying, and I go, ch-ch-ch-chia, and I kakia. So, and then I get it in my head, and I can't stop, and I got to get up and get coffee or whatever and take a walk and come back and focus again. Kakia. Listen to the Greek translation. A state of difficulty and distressing circumstances. Each day brings new trouble. So why would I spend time worrying about tomorrow when I've got enough on my plate today? Lou and Nida write this. It may be quite difficult to find a way of translating this adage, which it is, in a literal way. But one can use some expressions such as each day has its own way of causing trouble or each day makes us suffer in a special way. Actually, I like the first one. Each day has its own way of causing trouble. The other one's good too, but I like that first one. Because there are times, get a phone call, have to rush here. Uh, each, each day has a way of causing trouble. So the issue is, why would I worry about tomorrow when I've got stuff that I need to take care of today? And by the way, you can miss. You can miss life. Don't miss life. R.T. France writes this. Last one, then we're going to land this. It is a valuable reminder that God's sure provision for our needs does not guarantee a life without problems. In fact, all those that seek to live a godly life will be persecuted. You will not be liked, I will not be liked as we live our Christian life. And then there's this trouble that's going to come upon us because it's daily stuff. But they need not be multiplied by worrying about them before they occur. What if this? What if this? What if this? Well, you can live what if your whole life and miss the very day that God has given you. And by the way, let me say this. Today is a gift from God. Do you realize that? You love, love, love the day. Rejoice. Be glad. Be full of joy. Let peace, the peace of God, the peace of Christ reign in your heart. Just enjoy today. Don't become stuck in the mud of tomorrow. God knows about these two and can be trusted to deal with them when the time comes. I think Jesus lived this out in his own life among us. Remember Jesus said, my hour has not come. Jesus was in the moment. First, I've got ministry to do. That's out there. I know it's coming. But my hour is not come, and I'm going to use the day that I have. Use today. Spend time with your family. Spend time with your kids. Love. Laugh. Focus on the kingdom of God. 
Focus on his righteousness. Don't worry about this. Don't let this stuff get on you and drag you down. Because then tomorrow, when tomorrow gets here, you've got this going on and you can't even focus on today. You have to lay it down. And as you lay down all this garbage, you say, God, you know what? I need to refocus. Lord, I need to put you first. I'm just going to put you first in my life, and then I'm going to live for today. 